1: And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast brought to you by the Influence Alliance, which is the membership program for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business while also launch and grow their Thought Leader podcast so that they can make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest on today's show says We Are Braver Together. And joining me today is Dr. Jodie Carrington. Now, over the past 15 years, Jody has assessed, treated, educated, and empowered some of our most vulnerable and precious souls on the planet. She is a child psychologist by trade, but rarely treats kids. Now, the answer lies, she believes, are in the people who hold them, especially when kids have experienced trauma. That's when they need big people the most. Some of her favorites include educators, parents, first responders, foster parents, and Jody has shifted the way they think and feel about the holy work that they do. Now on today's show, Jody is going to share how to stay connected in a disconnected world, how to tackle the flipped lid that can prevent us from doing hard things. As well as you can't tell people how to do important things, you have to show them. So welcome to the show, Jody. How are you?
0: Oh, Emory, I'm so great. Thank you so much for having me. What an what an intro. That's good.
1: <laughs> oh, I tell you, I'm so excited about today's show. Particularly when we think of the last couple of years of all of the changes, the the pressures, the uncertainty, all of that. I mean, it's put a lot of additional pressure on everyone, but particularly the little ones, I think, too, because you know sometimes as parents um, we forget that how we approach things is role modelling it to the ones who are observing us. And often as, you know, adults who are uncertain, if we're not able to navigate, uh, how is that impacting our kids and the disconnected world, you know, so many of them, uh, lots and lots and lots of deep, deep topics to talk about today.
0: Well, I I think what you, you know, sort of Sorry, did I cut you off there?
1: I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: you know? Um, what I really love is, um, you know, we're really a barometer for each other. So not even, you know, this makes the most sense to me where this all started in my head was between parents and children. But it's true about all of us. You know, it it, it reminds me of this Ram Dass quote that I keep over my shoulder because I, I have to be reminded myself every day. He said this, we're all just here walking each other home. And it's like the people who are closest to us, if they're not okay, we're not okay. And, you know, I think it was the biggest thing that I sort of learned in this process of, you know, working in the world of child psychiatry was really like, gosh, we can spend a long time, I can see your kid every day to the end of their lives. And if I send them back into a system that's unhealthy, it's a waste of time. And it's like so much of us right now, I really want us to think about as we navigate this disconnected, overwhelmed, burnt out, you know, as I navigate my team through, you know, this, these years, it's like if those of us uh, aren't okay, who are setting the stage for some of these things, the people we lead don't stand a chance.
1: Absolutely. Let's dive in because I know that the, the, you've got so many insights that you want to share with us. Now, those of you who are listening and, you know, just kind of watching this, if you do have a question, please feel free to type it in the comments and then I will uh, pose that question to uh, Dr. Jody because this is important. You know, our little ones are important. You're important too. I mean, as, as you said, we we all support one another. We all have the ability to walk each other home and how we do that. Let's do that in such a an empowered way that we can make a difference in the lives of everyone that we meet. So what do we need to know about how to stay connected in a very disconnected world?
0: Well, I think at the root of it is we really got to cut ourselves some slack or give ourselves some grace. You know, I hear so many times people are like, I'm so exhausted. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so tired. Is this normal? Why, you know, why am I sleeping, you know, 12 hours and still feel tired? Why can't I sleep? Um you know, why am I chippy and irritable? I mean, divorce rates are rising like we've never seen them before. Domestic violence is higher, child maltreatment numbers are higher. And we're sort of like, is this really about the pandemic? Are we real? Yes, yes it is. When we have been in a disconnected place for so long and where there were cracks before, there'll be crevices now, yeah? And mm-hmm. so much about this is when we put things under pressure and we have nowhere to refuel, it's, it's gonna bend. And maybe even break. And I think for now, going on, I mean, two years, we are in this place where, um, you know, we're wired for connection, human beings. We are, how we regulate each other is, um, you know, we're in relationship with one another. In fact, if you disconnect from an infant, they die. Our ability to walk each other home, per se, is those, the healthiest among us, regardless of what happens to us, if we have a good support network, we can navigate any storm. Yeah, we can survive job loss and divorce and even bury our own children. And we do that more successfully when we have people who can navigate those emotions with us. Mm -hmm. And in the history of the free world, we've never been more disconnected than we are right now. Even prior to the pandemic, I mean, think about the square footage of the house that, you know, our grandfathers were raised in. And think about the square footage of the house that we raise our babies in. Think about the size of the beds that our grandparents slept in. Think about the size of the beds that we sleep in, you know, with our partners by virtue of the lack of proximity that has occurred in just two generations. We have not kept up with the relationship skills necessary to stay connected to the people we love that, yeah. we text people. That doesn't change the same. Our neurochemistry doesn't change the same as when I actually grab your hands and look at you in the eye. If we were doing this podcast together in the same room, there would be a completely different neurochemical response to each other, you and I, because we're in the same physical presence of each other. Our cortisol decreases quicker, our oxytocin, our dopamine goes up. This is great. I mean, technological advances have allowed so many things to happen. But how we use them becomes critical and it is safer to do a zoom call or to text your partner than it is to actually sit down and say, Hey babe, I think we really need to talk about something. And we will take those exit ramps so much more because we don't have the bandwidth that we used to because we're less filled up than we used to. And it gets into this cycle of, and then we introduce COVID, which said for the physical safety of our globe, we need to disconnect from each other. Okay. And we've seen now, you know, almost two years of, you know, our children and our organizations experiencing this disconnect that really will leave not only a paucity in relationships, but really a mental health crisis Mm -hmm. that is going to really make it more difficult to do the things that we need, which is to look at each other again, to sit down comfortably with each other again. So, I mean, my biggest concern right now is the mental health pandemic that's on our hands. And uh, I think for the rest of my life, that will be the thing that um, I talk about because Uh, we we will never automate connections.
1: No, that's right. And I think what you just said, giving ourselves the the grace that, hey, uh, we – yeah, we need to be more aware of, that, that, that of the things that are happening so that we then can provide the environments that we need or surround us as what we need to be able to move forward in the best possible way. What are some ways then that we can do? What are some things that you can see uh, are so important for us to start doing, even if we are still in a situation where we're encouraged not to get it within large groups or, or smaller groups mm. face-to-face? What are some things we can start doing?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, so much of the time, you know, there's a sort of a two step process that I think is really important to, to figure out is that we want to fix it all the time, right? So we want to look for strategies and suggestions. I think one of the first things I really think is so critical is just acknowledging um, the space for each other because, you know, when you're acknowledged, you will rise. And so much of the time, we just want to fix it. How about we try? Do this. We need to get back on track. We, we're worried about outcomes. We're doing it. Okay, yeah, let's get there. But let's not forget to acknowledge that you your listeners have had a lot on their shoulders in these last 24 months that we've navigated so many things that used to fill up our souls like funerals and weddings and the birth of the you know babies in our families uh holidays things that you know used to wings with the girls on wednesday night uh you know beers after hockey on friday like we many of those things have been suspended and that comes at a cost So let's think about before we ever sort of pressure ourselves to step back in, let's really know that, you know, I I say this so often, Anne-Marie, but I'm so grateful to be alive in this season as hard as it has been because it is so easy. You want to know why? The bar is so low. Mm, The mm. bar is so low to just be a good human right now. You give somebody a compliment and they want to make out with you. You know, Mm -hmm. I buy somebody's coffee and they're like, oh, thank you. So. Let's really sort of put this into context as we think about how we, you know, what is your job in this next season as a human being in this human race? Because we've, we, we get so lost in this, you know, can I make a difference? And I'm so exhausted and I can't even look after my own children, let alone thinking about higher order functioning, like innovation or creativity or something. Our only job, the only way I get through every single day these days is, is believing that my only job is to do the next best right kind thing. Next best right kind thing. That's all I got on my plate any single day. And it's interesting because those are the things that won't only change people's lives. They might save it right now. Yeah. So if you think about the importance of simply this, every time you come to a stop sign or a stoplight between now and the end of February, I want you to wave like you're drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want you to engage with people in your community. Do you know what happens? Can you imagine if you pulled up to a stoplight on your way home or out to get groceries or something today? And the fellow beside you was just yeah. <laughs> <like>, hey. like, <laughs> First of all, what happens is we re-engage in that moment. We reconnect. Because first of all, we got to figure out if he's OK.
1: Yeah.
0: Which means it needs my prefrontal cortex back on track. We're going to get that lid flipped back on, which means I'm not in my heads of should be, would be, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot, I'm anxious, I'm depressed, I'm whatever those things. I'm going to pull back into that moment. The other thing that's really critical about this is when we start to look and see the people in our environment, it actually serves us well, regardless of how they respond. So, if you think about your, you know, the other thing I want you to do is um, see if you can hand out a compliment once a day and genuinely feel it. I mean, like, there's a difference between, like, ah, oh, yeah, I really like your plants, to, like, seriously, what is that plant growing in that? Like, I, I love that. That is beautiful. What, how do we sort of step into that and and i think it does way more for us than it does for the receiver when we can do it in a place because it, it it calms our you know our ability to sort of regulate emotion and then the other thing that i think is so critical is just really not worrying about anybody else other than dropping your shoulders as much as you can and we have to talk about the importance of breath and you know uh, all of those things primarily because when we are in a heightened state of arousal which we have been undoubtedly for 24 months our shoulders are up our breathing is more shallow and we lose access to things like kindness compassion and empathy and so the antidote for me and it's a little reminder i have in my phone it goes off every hour nobody knows what it will except for you now but when it goes off i all i know is i got to do this i just got to drop my shoulders and every time i get the reminder guess where my shoulders are yeah up there Every time, every time. Yeah. And so it's just really this idea that al- although like so many of us are good at this and we practice, you know, however, I tr- we try to drink our water and go for a run or be kind to people or all those things in the run of this day, because we have so many things on our, these days, so many things on our plates and we have the access to be inundated by everybody else's social media in a heartbeat. Mm. The comparative suffering is on bust most days, every day. Yeah. Eh? And so gratitude, just like uh, joy, just like anything you want to get good at is a practice. So like your golf swing or spirituality or yoga, if you don't practice it, you're not good at it. And really getting reconnected into your body uh, is the thing we're really not good at right now.
1: Yeah. And, guess- you know, sometimes the most simplest of things are the most important and I love the way that you were talking about kind of the compliments and waving at people you know the other day my husband and I went to uh, the, the shops. So we thought well, let's just go and grab something to eat and we had a meal and it tasted wonderful it was really nice and normally I wouldn't do this I mean this is just I would just be thinking about the next thing that I needed to do and I said I'm actually going to go up to that person and I and I did I, I said to the two women that were serving I said I just wanted to let you know that this is the best meal of of the dish that I've ever tasted. So thank you very much. Just wanted to let you know. And I just thought, you just don't know. They may have been having a bad day. But how often just a simple thing like that can just make their day? And it made me feel really good too (laughs) that (laughs) I I was going to say. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I have so many stories like that. Like I, I love, um, there's this time where I was driving down, uh, and, uh, I was stopped at a stoplight and I was thinking about all the 65 things I had to do and why I wasn't home with my kids and like, how am I failing them? And I looked in my rearview mirror at a stoplight and there was this mom, um, in a, in a beat up old minivan and she had a her kid in the front seat looked like he was about 13 and she was dancing. Okay. And I don't mean maybe like, I mean, like she was, the shoulders were rolling, the hands were going, and she was like shimmying into the steering wheel. And this poor 13 year old kid was mortified. Okay. (laughs) He's, he had his face pushed up against the the, the passenger side window. He, now And what's interesting about this guy is he had a helmet on. So there's some kind of developmental delay going on with this babe. But he was very much aware of that his mom was like being ridiculous. And I was so caught up in watching this beautiful display that I missed the light. And so two cars behind us started honking. So I was like, oh, shit. And so then I kept going. And we went around the corner. And I was, I was going to this training with a nurse that I had been working with for a long time. And, and I thought to myself, I need to tell her how amazing she is. And so I didn't turn off where I was supposed to. I said to to Melissa, "I need to follow her." And she's like, "What?" I "I, I need to tell her how amazing she is. She said, "Right now?" I said, "Yeah." I don't think I'm gonna find her again. And so then in my head, I was like, "I hope she's not going far." And she didn't go very far. And I pulled in behind her. And you know, Melissa said to me, "Take your sunglasses off." Like Jesus, like you're gonna. (laughs) So I, you know, I got out of the car and I knocked on her window, and she sort of looked at me and rolled down the window. And I said, I'm so sorry to bother you. I said, I just needed to tell you, I was parked uh, behind you at the last stoplight and I, I, you have this sickest dance moves. And she's like, Oh God. And I said, I just wanted to tell you, I don't know who this little guy is beside you, but he's so lucky to have you. That was a beautiful display of love back there. And she looked at me, grabbed my hand and said, you don't know how much I needed to hear that today. Thank you. And I got back into my car and as I was backing out, I watched her carry this baby. He's immobile, uh, you know, up the stairs. And I just thought, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. 20 yeah. seconds. 20 seconds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I just think like we all have the capacity to alter the trajectory of a life and it costs us nothing. Yeah. And in fact, it'll give us so much more. And it's gonna require that reconnection piece, that really conscious effort to say, you know, I've got it bad and so does other people, but comparative suffering will get us nowhere. How do we give it away? Yeah. It's the best of our capacity. It's
1: so been... important. So, so important. It always has been, but no, even this new. You know, and that's why I'm so glad. And that's really what what you're just sharing is really what, what, what my question was about. What can we start reintroducing and doing that is not focused on outcomes, KPIs, all of those different things, but the things that really matter? because they could change that compliment that smile that wave you know could change the trajectory of someone's life because you don't know what's happening and you don't know that that person could have then had another challenge and another challenge but that what that wave that smile that compliment could be enough for them to to you know say well someone actually saw me someone acknowledged me and it just you just don't know do you
0: No, you don't. And the cool thing about it is that it knows it pays no mind to race, religion, socioeconomic status, gender identity, like the more dislike or unlike you are from another, the more powerful it appears to be. Okay. Does this make sense? So mm-hmm. I, I told the story today because um, this is just, I don't know how much time we have, but I'm going to tell you the story because it just like, is my proudest moment of ever. My son is 11 and he, um, we changed him to a middle school and he has, you know, struggles socially. He's just br- way too bright for his own good, but really not very good socially. So we, he gets into this new school and we're really excited about, it. is he going to make friends? He's coming home from school every day sad. He hasn't made friends. He does things like play his ukulele on the way home. And I'm like, Oh Jesus. And mm-hmm. so he came home, uh, you know, uh, uh, this is a year ago now. And he said to me, mom, I made a friend today. I got to tell you about my new friend. And I said, Oh, that's exciting. What's his name? He said, it's old bill. <laughs> I said, his name's old bill. And I said, well, you have a kid at school named old bill. He said, no, no, no. This is this man that I speak to on my way home. He lives in the house beside the path and he's a retired teacher. He's 93. Oh. oh, okay and so i go to meet old bill the next day asher has been stopping at old bill's house for the last two weeks he sits down and explains to me this is old bill's family and old bill says to me listen you need to know that i i've taught in this community for 40 years your son's remarkable they became best friends over a year and uh old bill uh passed away on january 6th and uh I have never ever seen my son so full of tears uh, losing his best friend who's 93 years old and they had the most in-depth conversations uh, you know we would stop by and this whole guy would you know get him an ice cream cone and they would sit on the deck and talk about everything yeah and it just really reminded me right it, it pays no mind this relationship thing to anything right? We all need it so desperately in this moment. And so, you know, get, give it away whenever you can, because my goodness, if, if you only knew.
1: Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Love that. Love, love, love that. Let's talk about how to tackle the flip lid that can prevent us from doing the hard things. What's the flip lid just for those who uh, let's get on the same page with what, what do you mean by flip lid?
0: Yeah, I love that. So it's a term by, uh, so I learned it from Dr. Dan Siegel, who's a psychiatrist, who's written amazing things. And he um, really explained the the sort of neurological underpinnings to emotional dysregulation. So I often Mm -hmm. say this, as a psychologist, the most important thing we ever need to know is how to stay calm in times of distress. Because if you have the skill to regulate emotion, you will do well in this world, full stop. Mm -hmm. You will do better socially. You will be able to handle hard relationships. You will be able to, you know, do make friends, do well in school to the best of your cognitive ability when you have the ability to stay calm in times of distress. And the only way we learn that is in relationship with other people. In fact, when we bring babies home from the hospital, the way they communicate is to lose their friggin' minds. They cry. And big people are there to walk them home. We soothe them. Mhm. And the more time we do that to our children the more they start to learn how to regulate on their own and by the time we send them to school they can hold it together for longer periods of time and our hope is if you have enough big people in your life to teach you those skills when you grow up you have enough to be able to teach them to your babies yeah. Yes. And part of you know obviously what messes that up is trauma and particularly intergenerational trauma and you know unprocessed hard stuff. And what is interesting about what Dan Siegel says is that he said, you know, I really want you to think about your brain as um, sort of two parts, you know, like the, the main part of it, which is our limbic system, our brainstem, the very you know primitive way that we function, which all mammals share. It's where our fight, flight, and freeze responses live, the very primitive way we regulate emotion, fight, flight, and freeze. What separates humans from most other mammals is the prefrontal cortex that sets on top of that primal way of functioning. And he said, I want you to think about that as a lid. When that lid is on, you have access to everything you've ever learned in your life. Your language, how to be kind and calm, the middle name of your partner, the PIN number to your bank card. When you are calm, you have access to all of those things. From a biological perspective, when we lose our minds, when we flip our lids, we don't need those things in place if we're getting chased by a bear, or we're, you know, the house is on fire. I need to flip all of that extraneous information out of the way and fight, flight, or freeze. The problem is when we don't learn how to regulate emotion over the course of our life and something distresses us and we just flip our lid, lose our friggin mind, we get back to fight, flight, and freeze. And so, what we think about is when our babies are little, zero to two, they flip their lids all the time because they really need somebody to show them how to regulate so they can start to learn that prefrontal, you know, how to get those skills in their prefrontal cortex. If nobody's taught you that enough, or if you haven't had enough people to do that, we grow into adults who just flip our lids, lose our friggin minds when things get tough. And if we get into a relationship with somebody who's a big lid flipper and we're a big lid flipper, you can imagine how well that goes, right? You lose Mm. your friggin' mind. I lose my friggin' mind. And then, I mean, it's the heart of all domestic violence, you know, at at the extreme, but it is also what happens when couples sort of get in an unhealthy dynamic with each other. You just walk away. I just leave. I keep talking. You don't. the idea is really about how do we sort of pay attention to regulating emotion? How do we drop those shoulders, get back in our body, have access to our words, our kindness, our compassion, our empathy? And so much about that is how do we do that for ourselves? Cause we can't give it away if we're dysregulated first. And so the most important part of this whole process is, you know, how do we get back into our own space and our own body so we can help the people we love, not help, but be in a place to assist in the other way. Now I often try to, preface this by saying, you know, violence, um, you know, domestic violence, all of those things, like all bets are off. Like if somebody is unkind or hurt, you know, and hurtful, it's not about regulating another human being that we really need to get to. It's about safety is the number one priority always. But secondarily to that is our ability to stay calm in times of distress. And some of the most important, I think, powerful leaders have that skill. That even when, you know, shit falling off the rails they have the capacity to say okay 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 let's sit down we're gonna figure this out one step at a time it doesn't mean they don't get angry or upset or you know whatever the deal is but it's that capacity to stay present particularly in times of you know when when problems need to 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 be figured out. And I think right now, when we're under stress, when we've been through a couple of years of disconnection, mental health is struggling on a whole. You can imagine that what we are up against a lot is flipped lids, that what we're struggling with in our employees or our husbands or our partners or our children is a lot of flipped lids. And we don't like flipped lids. We want to fix it. So we say things like this, calm down. Relaxed. And this is my personal favorite. When I say this to my kids, be kind. And <laughs> yeah? that's something you can't tell somebody how to be kind. You got to show them. Yeah. And so it's really that idea that if, it, you know, you and I become my top priority, when I think about how do we change this world? It's like, if I can be in a place to sort of be the best, do the next best, right, kind thing, I know the people around me are going to be much more capable to do that. And so much about that comes back to, you know, what do we have control over? How do we really engage in this process that, you know, in this time of disconnect, we're empty, we're exhausted, we're overwhelmed? How do I do my very best to not do the self-care stuff? Because I don't think you can self-care yourself out of bad systems. But really, how do we build those relationships again um, and, and understand that that's the heart of all things first and then we act?
1: Yes. And so if you realise or if someone's listening uh, and realises, okay, I can see that uh, we need to get better systems, we need to get to a place where we are able to navigate through that, are there some things that they can do? Because as as you've said, when things are just so disconnected and they're trying to find a commonality or or, or a, a, a place where they can start to move forward when it, it hasn't been easy. Are there some things that they can start to put into place that helps facilitate that, if, if that makes sense? Where do they start yeah. to get to that stage, is basically what I'm saying, I guess?
0: Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I think that what's so critical, you know, particularly as we're still in January, you know, there's all these ideas about New Year's resolutions and big goals and dreams. I really love this idea of thinking big, but starting small. And so, if we want to shift a system or an organization, we often get lulled into the idea that, okay, let's go straight to the top and just replace management or fire the coach or, you know, do the big sort of systemic changes that we really like everybody gets diversity training. There, we're mm-hmm. good. That rarely works, right? How do we think big? Yes, I want to, to be a part of an organization that's inclusive and diverse. And, you know, we we think, you know, our systems are in place and we have strategic plans for everything. Like, I, I want that, that's my hope. Um, how do I start small? All I want to start with, you know, in this next moment and whatever that is for you, you know, I'm going to start by making lists for myself every morning. I forgot to do that. I don't do that anymore. Or I know that I'm going to need to look after myself before I step into this office full of people. So um, I need 10 minutes on the treadmill before I get dressed every morning. Right. And what we want to do, I want to run the 10K that I used to run when I was 25. That's, that's, I mean, I was a runner right now. Jesus, I can't even get my sports bra on. I need two of them just to keep everybody down, you know? And so then I just give up. I don't want to do it because I'm not, I'm not, I can't get back to the, to the big dream really fast so 10 minutes that's my only job i don't even run i am just gonna walk for 10 minutes right um i struggle so much with meditation i struggle so much with sort of staying present and so i want to be a yogi i want to like okay i'm gonna sign up for yoga classes I'm gonna, i go to those things and i sit there thinking i don't know what the what do you mean? You want me to just to be present? I I got things to do. <laughs> so calm <laughs> your mind. I mean, yeah, that's great. How do oh I do? Shut <laughs> yeah. so, empty your mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like obviously, you have nothing that. to do. It's always my thought. Um. So you know, my only job has been. I I need to do that. I need to be still for thirty seconds. I even set a timer on my phone. Thirty seconds. That's my that's my expectation of myself and what's interesting about that is you know think big start small is that like okay that wasn't so bad in fact by the time I got set up and organized and sitting right and my 30 seconds are up oh okay well then I'm going to just do two minutes fine yeah. and it's really just I think that idea of how do we just give ourselves grace and really small things to sort of get back into um moving towards the things that we really see at the end of the day. And I was I was speaking to my therapist, I think, yesterday about this process where she said to me, you know, like, can you see where you're going? And I said, yes, absolutely. I can see. But here's what's in the middle. All of this mess, huh? And it's it's like, it, that's what's so important, though. If you can see the big goal, awesome. Then all you got to do to get through the tangle is the next best right kind thing, right? And so think big. For sure. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. will be on the New York Times bestseller list. That is my goal. We launch the next book in December and it will go all the way. I believe that to be true. How am I going to execute to get there for the next little bit? It's next best right kind thing.
1: Love that. Love, love, love that. Uh, I, know, I love how you modeled um, in the example about, you know, you can't tell someone to do something, you have to show them. And a great example of that was be kind. I mean, kind you've got to you know your language and your mannerisms and your voice the tone of voice needs to demonstrate uh, what you're hoping to empower the other person but are there there some other things that you wanted to share some other insights around uh, for those important things that we want to encourage others to do and this may not necessarily be our team members it can be uh, our family members too who are a key important part of your team you know your family unit how to show them what are some insights here
0: I think what's really critical and, you know, I, I often talk about this so much and it, it seems so simple but it's really the the importance of eye contact and, um, you know, people say culturally there's different, different or, you know, d- differences around eye contact but I'll tell you there's not a single culture on the planet that doesn't make eye contact to socially reference each other um, and if we are thinking about, you know, people on the autism spectrum, we still make eye contact or they still make eye contact to sort of make sure that there's safety involved right so this becomes such a critical thing and if you're still conducting meetings or you know visits with your family on zoom or like you know we're doing today it still is so critical i talk about this all the time Pay, pay, pay close attention to the positioning of your camera pay close attention to you turn your videos on I see so many people doing meetings and group meetings where they're like no we don't we don't want to invade in your privacy so you know you know you don't need to turn your camera on Yep, yep you do Mm -hmm. if you know I with all due respect what I need is I need you to see me and I need to see you if I'm going to stay motivated yeah Yeah. yeah, right and uh, and secondarily you know really paying close attention to you know we're just we're we're just hiring a new position um, this week, and we, I mean, I'm in the middle of Alberta in a small town, Alberta, and so the access to people that can actually be a part of this team to be present two days a week limits me significantly. Right when I put out a a, a job, I have a strategic planning position, so I, I really need a salesperson to sell some of our uh, programs and this message, and it's like. Okay, the requirement is you need to be here two days a week. And you know we had this big discussion with the team, is it limiting though? Like what if this, there's this great opportunity in you know, Australia or you know this person is just perfect and they're in Toronto. I, and I said, I, I, I'm sad that at this point that we would miss out on that opportunity, but there's no replacement for face-to-face connection. If you are gonna feel the energy that we have to be able to change the world, I, I need you to be a part of it and I need you to know what we do and how we manage things and you know how we handle hard stuff and I can't I can't explain that well enough um and so if we have the luxury of being in the same place I'm going to take it every single time
1: yeah so important Mm -hmm. so important and I, I love how you've role modeled that and and there are things that are just so important and you've got to draw the line in the sand don't you You've got to yeah. know what it is and say, this has to be, um, you know, and there are some things that we can uh, adapt and 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 not necessarily have to, but there's other things. It's like core values, which is a whole other, you know, episode on its own, but there are some core values that you just, they have to be there because they're core, mm-hmm. you know. Others maybe not so important and that's okay, but these things, these are the must-haves.
0: I think so. And I think, you know, I, I, often think about that, you know, in this world of, you know, entrepreneurial prowess. I mean, so many of us don't have a friggin' clue what we're doing. And the only thing I know for sure is that I can't tell people I got to show them. And again, it's that idea with kids, right? Like I, I, if, if I'm disconnected from this team, they won't be well-regulated. If I'm disconnect, if they're disconnected from me, I won't be well-regulated. Yeah. And so how do I build those things into place where, you know, we, we get the opportunity for eye contact, we get the opportunity to sit down together, we get the opportunity to even, okay, fine, then let's turn on our meeting, because I need to see you, you need to see me, right? Um, those things become really critical. And, and even then, I mean, the, the opportunity for disconnect is always there. And, you know, it doesn't always work out well, you know, given people's stories and their experiences but I think you give yourself a much better bet of getting people motivated and connected when you um effort to get face to face with them
1: yeah so important so important I'd love for you to uh, share with uh, our audience how can they find out more about the work that you do how they can connect with you and your team what what's the best way
0: Oh, I would love that. We are, um, uh, the website is drjodycarrington.com. And then um, I'm always on social. So we are uh, big Instagrammers and Facebookers and uh, Twitter, all at drjodycarrington.com. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I've written a couple of books and the next book comes out. It's a uh, Harper Collins book. It's, it's due out in December. It's called If You Only Knew. Uh, and it's really about all the things we talked about today. If we just knew how amazing, how much we mattered to so many. My God, I think think we would be so much more yes. available in this world. So I'm, I'm so grateful you had me. This was so fun.
1: I was. Thank you so very much for sharing. And uh, I mean, just what you said there, uh, I think is just such a wonderful way to end the show. If we only knew how much we mattered to others. If you hear of people that I don't think I mattered to others, you know, how often people say that, that in actual fact, you do. You know, well, me you, know. you matter way more to people than you'll ever know. Yeah. So I cannot wait uh, for that book. So uh, head on over to the website, drjodiecarrington.com, and I'm sure that as uh, the publication date nears that, and you've probably got lots of other content and other information across your socials that certainly speak into that as well. So it's been an absolute pleasure and honour to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by the com. Want to influence real
0: change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.TheInfluenceAlliance.com slash podcast series. That's TheInfluenceAlliance.com slash podcast
1: series.